Testing, 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 testing. One, two, three. Um, welcome to Backlash. This is your host, Poolhouse. Um, we're having a little technical difficulty because Steady's she's having a little difficulty connecting. And okay, so I think um, okay, I think listener that Daddy might be secretly an old woman who's like a daughter of the American Revolution. She is the grandma. She talks about the nana sometimes. The grandma, uh, this beloved character in the Daddyverse, and I think Daddy is the grandma. <laughs> That's my daddy conspiracy. Um, she's still, I think, having trouble joining. This is like real talk. We'll leave this in. This is behind the scenes backlash, East Coast style. Uh, we have technical difficulties, honestly, when daddy and I try to connect. And I think, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, but she is trying to join. I, I feel like she would have some kind of like manservant to help her, you know, to like uh, take care of some of these things for her. But, you know, that's how things go sometimes. If. Hmm. I'll talk softly. <laughs> Can you imagine? I tried to talk softly on an episode of Here Comes the Backlash. Okay, I'll talk softly. <laughs> I'm so funny, you guys. I'm sorry. And I'm like literally okay. I'm telling you folks, we have a lot of trouble with this whole Thanks, Five Eyes. It's that's how entertaining we are, by the way. That's how fucking entertaining Daddy and I, and how important we are. They have to go through all this bullshit just to fucking talk on the goddamn telephone. Fucking a, Jesus. Well, I mean, honestly, maybe it is true. Maybe maybe Daddy is an old person. We don't know. We don't know. But okay, there's either there's two conspiracies I see here. Daddy is secretly Emily Gilmore. She's secretly a very <laughs> uh, up upscale old woman who's completely technically in that. <laughs> or Five Eyes is fucking with us yet again. You know, listener, I'm not going to decide. This isn't the kind of show where we decide for you. I don't decide for people. I tell you what I think. You can think whatever. But one of two conspiracies is definitely at play here. And you know what? I'm going to take a moment to blame the con left for this. I don't know why. It just feels appropriate. They seem connected to Silicon Valley, quite frankly. And just generally very shady as individuals. No offense to anyone who's not shady, but associated with them. In that case, I love you. You know, all friends of Pool House are friends of Pool House. Okay, well, they see Daddy's on here twice. Dude, dude, Daddy's on here twice. Daddy, can you hear me? Daddy, can you hear me? Daddy, are you there? Oh, Daddy, where are you? Oh, my dear daddy, why can you not hear me? I'm calling to you. Where are you now? Somewhere on the coast, I presume. Somewhere far from the city. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> this is so sad. Well, you know, this is like... Beyond, beyond, beyond. I am not that cool about this. Like, who else can we blame? I'm, you know who I want to blame. You know who I want to blame. I'm not going to, because that would be very rude. Okay. No. You won't catch me out here slipping, okay? <laughs> okay. Um. So, if you're just joining the program, um, this is TJ Poolhouse. I'm hanging out in Backlash East. Backlash East does. That is just where I've been staying with some family out in the... Wilds of the almost not quite the great north, but as north as you get on like 
the East Coast without it being New England, I guess. Like, oh, now there's another daddy. Daddy, can you hear me? Daddy, can you hear me? Oh my god. Okay, so I'm like losing my mind because what? even on my phone before I couldn't hear anything. And I'm like in the Zoom and I see you singing, but I can't hear anything. <laughs> I cannot. Well, I can hear you. It's not, it's okay. I'll to be honest, it's not the best connection, but I can hear you and I will take it. Like it is not, it's not unworkable. That's what I'm saying. I don't I guess. understand. I don't understand why literally nothing is working. Like Honestly, I'm no. literally in the meeting and I can see you and I can hear myself in the test and then so I weird. can't hear anything. I don't understand how it's physically possible. I don't understand what's going on either. And honestly, no, Daddy, this is great. Do you know what this is giving? It's giving coast to coast. This is Linda Moltenhout <laughs> calling in. I don't know, I'm you, literally like, losing my mind. <laughs> we're here. We're connected. You sound fine. Like, this does is, this... It's okay. This works. Like, I love it. Okay. I fucking love we'll it because it's, it's, to, it doesn't we'll sound any work. different than I, listening to literally like coast to coast. Like they, they, there are people called in, and I was like pre anything like Zoom. You know, Arpel was out there in the desert, and Linda Moulton Howe was at the underground, you know, volcano in Alaska or whatever she was doing with the pyramid. Uh, I, I was monologuing because I was like, we'll never waste a dull moment. I was singing. I sing the sweetest songs. You you'll you'll hear it on the recording. Except this guest this is a fan favorite. This is her fifth fucking time on Here Comes the Backlash. She is a legend. She's beloved. I've said it all. I can say it again. Uh, fifth, maybe six because you did us. We did a live space together as well. That was really amazing and fun. So like truly oh, a part did. of the DNA of this program. Queen Daddy, as I call her, Odette reigning champion. I think of Backlash guest appearances, which I'm very proud to say. I love all my my guests, my children, you know, but um. Daddy, risen to the top. We're back again on the same time zone. It's really exciting. And I am um, happy to have you again on Here Comes the Backlash. But before you start, <laughs> I should tell you that I okay, I didn't blame any specific groups, so you'll be happy and very proud of me. I could have blamed this on a lot of groups. I maybe threw Five Eyes' name out there once or twice, but no, no specific groups were named in the blaming. I did speculate, though, that maybe there's not a conspiracy like that, like a deep state conspiracy. What if Daddy is secretly an old woman and the grandmother character that she talks about on twitter is actually her and she's basically like emily gilmore and does not know how to use a computer and her manservant's gone to bed because we're recording late and this is just like what happens is i don't know that's the that was my kind of thought <laughs> you found me out you bastard <laughs> Daddy, welcome back. It is an honor to have you. I'm sorry you had to go through so much work to to speak to me, but I'm so glad no, you did. No, uh, I'm sorry that I am technologically illiterate, but I'm going to make that part five of my New Year's resolution become a tech wizard, and I will ascend to the top of Web 4.0 and wow. the AI panopticon. If you were at the top of the Panopticon, it would be such a, a it would be a dazzling Panopticon. I think under under Daddy's watchful eye, 
it's a nice place to be, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think they would be far more disturbed. I would be, I would rather have Mark Zuckerberg watching over me than having myself watch over me. No, he, Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know if people remember the X-Files where there was that like weird like <laughs> monster that lived in the sewers. That's Mark Zuckerberg. No, no he's barely, barely warmed over. We're going to get drowned. <laughs> we're going to be renditioned onto his new cattle ranch of macadamia. <laughs> Not no, no. fed organic beef cow. I said he trusts me. He'll be coming to us eventually because they will be seeking redemption and purification from such you know noble individuals as you and I. The synergy we're gonna hear bring tonight is just like no, even even evil will bow to us. Uh in 2024 that's the uh the message but and daddy was telling me off the air i think she's not just inept with zoom with me but also her, her priest and so i thought that's really funny i picture a 2024 alliance now between me and like the local diocese wherever daddy uh, uh worships and uh it's like some kind of strange zoom class maybe i can get a tax write-off on this i don't know i do think there's an alliance to be forged here you you should come honestly the Little Village Parish, you would have a great time. It's awesome. Um, we do some wild things. There is an incredible alliance that has been built with um, a lot of the Hispanic community. Um, we have the Peruvians, Ecuadorians. Mm. It's wild. And we're doing very cool things. And it's a lot of fun and everyone should come, including you. It's honestly very different from what people assume. It's very relaxed beach town it's cool i, I was actually uh, going through all of my like mementos from the summer and i found this like pile of volunteer t-shirts when i was cracking up because oh. i i made it this summer the plan to be like go full just all in cosplay as a <laughs> as a lady <laughs> so i ended up just volunteering like 100 hours a week it was wild <laughs> I remember you telling me about some of this. I think even on the air, there was, uh, I think you did like a charity run. There was the historical mm -hmm. society. I, did you save that mm -hmm. house, by the way? Wasn't there a house you were trying to save? Maybe uh, not. We're working on it. It's a work in progress. Inshallah. I have Perfect. part two this summer. It's going to be even more. I've got schemes on schemes going. All right, I've got to come to one of these charity events. So we'll try to we're gonna to try to make it a reality. Uh, World Tour 2024 is happening. So uh, stay tuned. Um, does, yeah. does wait question? Does Daddy eat? Do you eat pupusas? Do they serve? Well, it's kind of rude of me oh, to be like, oh, you have all these Latinos. Yeah. Do they cook for you? But like, <laughs> but do you, do they? They they no, do like to. <laughs> no, but they there's this incredible hot chocolate drink that they make that is mm. oh it's so good we had this beach bonfire and they like so incredibly did all the work for it and all of a sudden we're on the beach in the middle of the night and I realized they have this entire food set up made with this I guess like hot chocolate drink and it was incredible mm -hmm. and I brought some for my grandma like carefully balanced it from the beach but um yeah like tacos and like tamales and like all of this incredible food but it's so good and then my grandma, I mean, my grandma loves Peruvian food. She actually worked for many seasons there as a archaeologist, and she had some very exotic culinary experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I mean, 
your grandma in air quotes, I guess we'll say, sure. She had some fascinating experiences. (laughs) I think that would be, that would be so funny. Um, Oh my gosh. I wish. No, daddy, you're, you're a true lady of the community. You are, you're a a well-rounded person. That's why I like talking to you. Uh, You have interests that like, you know, overlap with myself and our, and our listeners or remote viewers out there. Uh, But you know, like you, there's more to you than that. Right. Uh, Which is the energy again, we're bringing, I feel like in 2024, Um, I guess, daddy, I've been checking. I've been checking with you about a couple things before we actually even get into the year twenty twenty four. Because I think I think you and I can bring a very uplifting message. Maybe like put a little fire in the in the troops' um, bellies. You know, I think that's important. So we can get into that. But I do want to ask you a couple questions first. Uh, yeah, and then I'm I have. Ready. And then I'm gonna set up maybe our next time conversation if we have time. We'll we'll see because I have. I'm really mad about stolen money lately. I'm really mad about money existing because I feel like money existing is stolen money but um, rude very rude (laughs) okay listen um what's going on with formula one we need to touch base with uh, like is it max and and charles your plan is working they there is a raising of awareness in the gay subcultures i guess of twitter i've noticed into formula one i don't think it's lost on me or any of our listeners that you had a huge impact on that where are things in the f1 universe right now for you well, they're all skiing right now, so they're off in the mountains. Charles has, uh, every year he actually goes training in the mountains, and there's wild pictures of him just casually scaling, like, mountain cliffs and icy precipices. Um, there, the big shakeup yesterday, which you may perhaps have seen, there were a lot of memes, is Gunther Steiner has been removed as the host team principal, which is for I think some Americans will know Gene Haas like a big racing dynasty. So they have replaced Gunter, who is a uh, colorful figure in Formula One. So that's the current big excitement. And then actually pretty soon, I think it's 50 days to the first race now, or right around yeah. 50. Yeah. So we're all we're excited. We're ready. It's going to be this year is a huge race calendar. So. It's going to be wild. I think there's, I've noticed there's a lot of people becoming interested. I mean, it kind of has everything. It has drama, intrigue. They travel around the world, which I think for a lot of people, a lot of people got into it during the pandemic. It was Mm. kind of just this glimpse into traveling. Of course, they were all right, you know, the end of the world, but no formula one does go on you know it's the selective people who are allowed to circle around the world which is funny i noticed even some people who can be very loud about certain things like formula one is just so good that they're like oh i just you kind of just forgive it so like it came out during this winter break that people started finding out about logan Sargent's family and he's um well no longer a rookie after this year but he was the new driver who's american which was a huge deal and very scandalous to have an American on the grid, but people found out about his family. And then, but all, within 48 hours, the controversy was over because just everyone involved in Formula One, like you have to have a Wikipedia with like 5,000 links. You need a shady connections. Like people have just accepted that if you're in Formula One, there's probably like at least 30 financial scandals in your background. <laughs> 
is it unfair to call it a biological program at this point? It's like a eugenics program for formula, like all athletes actually at this point, but there is like kind of an elite tier uh, of like racing. I feel like you're right. It kind of is, um, there's a lot of aspirational, I think, tendencies in our yeah. culture right now. It reminds me, I think we're in a seventies moment. I keep saying, I think the seventies are kind of like a little, like can kind of compare the vibes a little bit. Uh, and there's, you know, this idea of like, you know, kind of disco and whatnot, kind of this like aspirational living there as the kind of country mm -hmm. Bottoms out is New York City bottoms out. It's the best time for nightlife ever. People look to glamorous things and uh, kind of, um, yeah, like housewives. Housewives are so big right now. Real housewives always thrive. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, many, how many housewives? I keep, nowadays, oh, so I can't even tell when people are making a joke or like talking about a real new housewife franchise. Cause, so true. I mean, I think I last watched like Real Housewives of New York maybe a really long time ago and then people will say something like real housewives of salt lake city and i'm like is that real or is that a joke i don't <laughs> know i like i have no idea it's so true i've watched a lot of those shows don't get me wrong i have been in the trenches i've been to scary island i know i know my shit okay but i got oversaturated so i had to kind of take uh you know a hiatus but you were right there are so many of them it's almost to the point where it's not aspirational because it's like so degraded and, and vulgar in a way because at least new york was like back in the day or beverly hills those people kind of seemed uh like they really had some money and maybe oh yeah said. and the new york girls i mean there were some great little like very niche references they've made. Mm -hmm. so I remember I enjoyed that. Like certain little just catty comments. I was like, ooh, but mm -hmm. then I just kind of, I think around Countess Luann's divorce, I think I stopped watching. So I'm like yeah. really far behind. But I remember that was quite, it was just wild. Just different phases of your life. It's more exciting. And then True. sometimes it just becomes less. I don't know. I don't it's know. so I mean, true. I can't say anything because I watch just, <laughs> watch when I watch TV, I just watch horrible ever it's terrible i just put on like harry Same. potter like i'm that person oh. i'm not millennial so oh, i can't I judge anyone Fair taste. it's either like a amazon prime documentary on something in the desert or harry potter like that's a horrific taste so Deddy coded i recently quote tweeted dasha from twitter with go to sleep go to sleep the famous benny frankel meme from um scary island just because and frankly it needed to be said but it's neither here nor there um yeah you're right though i think it, it is everywhere it's exciting i do credit Deddy for the like research re-resurgence so i think you're right kind of came i was too poor daddy to even hear of formula one before probably 2020 so like it was just kind of coming into my consciousness and i think that's true for a lot of americans that you're right they gatekept that shit i'm telling you uh so i think it's kind of there but now it's it's everywhere so you know whoever's i hope they are it is it's again. odd to see it bleed into pop culture because it was kind of mm -hmm. a very um it was like very separate from everything else and that i will say like i did partially like that it was just a whole separate like fantasy bubble but now it's kind of bleeding into the real world which i accept but like seeing the players at nba games or with american celebrities mm -hmm. is quite jarring but you know but what i always tell people is I think the appeal and why I think it's going to be very popular for a long time is every week it's kind of, I think one of the drivers said it's like they do the Super Bowl every week, but since every week is it the Grand Prix weekends are in a different city and usually mm -hmm. it's always a different country too. Like it's, it's crazy. It's like every week you get to watch this incredible spectacle and you get a taste of a different culture, different languages, which is what 
I mean, a lot of people find really appealing, and that's why they wake up at 2 a.m. on a Friday to watch, because it's just like a little a little peek into a different culture, a different mindset, and since so many of the drivers come from different countries, there's like that multicultural element you just don't really get from a lot mm-hmm. of other sports, um, maybe like golf, which is still golf is still very like American and Brit-centric, but I hope that now that the Saudis are in it, it'll start expanding it more, but it is kind of, it's just, there's like nothing like it in the world, really. It's oh. this massive traveling circus, and you get to see a different continent sometimes, like every week in a month. So that's exciting. It's um, it's like an upstairs, downstairs, eyebrow, lowbrow oh, kind of thing, because it's like this yeah, globalist. A, it's yeah. the marriage of the globalism mm-hmm. and like uh, this elite kind of upper tier culture with like football culture or soccer culture or American mm-hmm. football culture, like these kind of like uh, more mm-hmm. yeah, populist kind of like things. Right. But it's kind yeah. of interesting. Uh, and those things don't necessarily have to be, I guess, bad. Oh, they, they, it sucks. That they're globalists, I guess. But, like the, uh, the idea of yeah. combining those is actually kind of interesting uh, to me. And there's a technical aspect too, where if you love just that kind of like math and engineering, I mean, you could talk about downforce all day. So I think that's also what really pulls in like a really wide range of people. It's not just like, oh, there's fast cars. It's that there's all this incredible technical knowledge you can have and things you can speak about and race strategy. So there is kind of this something for everyone element, which is pretty. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, um, a lot of racing categories have a, have a, they have like a set bar and like NASCAR. There's like a certain chassis and basic setup every car has. But Formula One, there, each car is built by the team, and they mm-hmm. have different engines, different parts. You know, they can have different wing packages. So it does, which is part of what has created this phenomenon. Which, depending on how long people have followed, um, I think a lot of people who've recently come in, you've seen Max win now three championships, but before him, I mean Lewis. Uh, Lewis Hamilton won seven. Uh, Michael Schumacher, what famously, a lot of people, even if they're not familiar with Formula One, like they'll still have heard the name Michael Schumacher. He won seven. So what kind of has happened is you do get these long runs, and but that's also what makes the sport what it is. Is if a team, because it is a team sport too, if a team gets a car right, like they 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 figure out how to nail the regulations and get a really fast car and they have a really fast driver in the car. Like you're going to dominate for a certain amount of time. So that's, it's one of those double-edged swords, which people in sport also, you know, they acknowledge it is that's what makes them different. Each car is built different, but at the Mm. same time that also can create these kind of long runs of dominance. But I know it's still very exciting to me. I mean, and the fact that, Mm. They're trying to uh, diversify a bit more. They're kind of playing around doing sprint races on some of the Grand Prix weekends, which is where they essentially do a very short race, like 20 laps across the track to try to move things a little bit. And the other huge element, which different sporting categories have different rules on, but Formula One is definitely one of the more wild sports in terms of, or I should say racing categories, is they will in the rain and the wet and it can be really limited visibility they can be pretty heavy rain and they will still be racing which creates a lot of opportunity for 
unfortunately, sometimes crashes and very bad crashes, but also can create these moments of greatness mm. where, you know, you can see a car aquaplaning and then just snap into place and just go on to win. So that is also kind of this element. I think that's different and very exciting, which is part of what has mm. made Formula One kind of the, what they call, I mean, the pinnacle of motorsports, motorsport, essentially. Oof, it's like a, it's like a sermon in itself. First of all, very cybernetic, the uh, Formula One teams. I love that. Mm. It's kind of, it's like them yeah. and the machine. It's powerful. Reminds me almost of like, um, I don't know, weirdly like a, a, a real building kind of pop ah. music factory. You know, it's like there's something kind of oh. strangely like, oh, what were you going to say? <laughs> um, I don't know uh, this is a pretty crude book, but J.G. Ballard. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Crash. No, for sure. Yeah. film was made about, but. There are times when the drivers speak about their relationship with the car that it is a little a little hint of JG Ballard appears. Inter- yeah, and I guess like on more of the NASCAR level, I feel like is where you're. I, I don't think I don't know if F one's really known for its like disasters as much. You know, like where it's like NASCAR has that kind of definitely that JG Ballard mm-hmm. kind of coded. Um, yeah, Crash. Not to be confused with the excellent Oscar-winning film 2005's Crash with Sandra Bullock, which I love oh, to trash because it's also called Crash. Um, but I was going to say, Daddy, this is so talk radio. Like this, We were like giving me like stats. That I felt like I was tingling because this feels so real right now. This feels very like we were nailing the AM spirit right now and I fucking love it. Let's ask you some things about 2024. I think we should talk a little bit about. Yeah, I don't know. I was just, gonna say I also have I have serious please. things. I have a list. That's what's so serious great. We, we can do it all. People come to, here comes backlash because we can do it all, and that's like why they come to Daddy's. Nobody wants a one trick pony. People want to hear like diversified uh, opinions from like interesting people. I think that's my hunch anyway. Hopefully, you know, I'm putting a lot on it. I think people can handle a little Formula One. You know education and philosophy as well as you know whatever else we decide to get up to tonight you know um so i know i thank you i think it was that was excellent because um i don't know i know i am really into like radio and like really truly am radio you know it's a powerful medium Mm -hmm. it was like kind of it was from a monocultural kind of period, you know, so you you didn't have a lot of options when it was really at its peak, but it really, I don't know, it, it influenced me a lot as, I, as a young person. I listened to, like, old people radio since I was, like, I've been a geezer since I was, like, nine, basically, okay? So I have a, an affinity for it, and so, you know, on that talk radio, you, you hear a bunch of things. You hear finance, you hear some sports, you hear some opinion, whatever, you know, and I think that's actually good for people. It's not good to just sit and fucking put your head into one lane of content and just like beat yourself over the fucking head with it day after day. Not that anyone in my audience would be like that, but you know what I'm saying, right, Teddy? <laughs> you know what my favorite radio program to listen to is? What? Okay, so we're gonna roll their eyes. My friends are guys from crazy. So I pretty much listen to in my car like the default is classical network because it's not just classical music everyone they also do these little anecdotes in between and also it's like zero percent woke like there is no Mm. current day no politics Mm. it's all just the greats and their crazy life stories so little stories in between are always like oh this duke in the 
1900s had this, you know, sonata commissioned for his fourth mistress. And then the grand, you know, it's like very just, it's so funny. But my favorite is every week, and I was literally creating a plan on how to smuggle him equipment in case he really was jailed, is Alec Baldwin hosts the New York Philharmonic this week, every week. And it is the best radio show ever. It is, it is just a Wes Anderson film, but real life. So like last week, he was like, oh, and this week on the New York Philharmonic this week, we have room full of teeth with an interpretive speech by Carolyn Schott. And it's just, it's the best thing ever. I can't remember what day and time it is, but it's every week, depending on the time. And it's the greatest radio show ever made in history. And he's been doing it now for 15 years. He's committed fully. And he does perfect pronunciation of everything. And he does it with like a little tiny winking nod of sarcasm, and it's beautiful. And this is acquitted felon, Alec Baldwin from Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> he no. does a show. He does. He, he's fully committed to it. And it's I did not know and how much was at stake for him when he was up for those charges. Yeah. Like, honestly, I didn't I know. I was this. seriously considering. I was like, well, we could still record in prison, right? I was like, no, like, you have to make the show. Oh I don't gosh. know anything like about him personally. I don't follow anything, but I that's why I just need to know he's free so he can make my favorite radio show. It's it's a Garrison Keillor situation. All the apparently all the great radio uh you know producers or problematic <laughs> people or whatever who problematic in air quotes, you know, honestly, I will get into it. I have a lot of questions about the Alec Baldwin thing. And it was kind of funny how the right wing online kind of tried to make him like <laughs> like he did it on purpose, which I may, maybe, I don't know. But it seemed to be like if anything, like uh I know a gross oversight on the set. If you're gonna be right wing, blame it on like, I don't know, maybe an immigrant on the set or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like though it didn't make sense to me that he would try to kill I... somebody on purpose on the <laughs> it's not a fucking Agatha Christie novel. This is like fucking real life. He would just hire somebody else to poison her. Yeah, it's, I was so, I was just so confused by everyone pretending that they don't understand how, like, some props work. And they're like, well, he shouldn't have done it if he didn't want to kill someone. I was like, he was on a film? Like, it was just so wild to me. I was like, what? It's a, it's a lot. I'm bringing a little bit of a critique here. This is how we're setting up our 2024 talk, because I think <laughs> it's, I know it's important because I, I know, we want we talked about this a little bit i guess before we don't have like a formal plan but i just wanted to say to set us up from whatever you want to muse on i suppose like people seem a little some people seem a little demoralized not everybody actually i feel fired up i've been like in a very uh i don't know i went through my demoralization maybe early you could say i'm always a little mm. ahead of the curve so i think i hit that mm -hmm. peak i went I went through the valley. I went to the mountaintop, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it was it was great. I, I wrote letters home, whatever. I flash forward today. I'm great. I'm more more grounded. I'm ready to go into 2024 with uh, clarity and ready to take on what needs to be done. You know, whatever whatever that may be. But I do feel like some people are a little bit deflated. I think some people didn't quite mm -hmm. see how much trickery was going on with the things they saw, especially online and a lot of the circles that we mm -hmm. uh, go and the media we consume. Like, uh, there's a lot of good mm -hmm. content produced by a lot of people. This isn't like, I'm not casting aspersions for any group or, uh, or broadcast or any poster or anything like that, but 
things are not always what they seem. I think it's always important mm -hmm. in any show business. And I think you should just consider Twitter as show business. Honestly, I've been referring to it as this town lately. It's just a very like, it's it's all one big thing. It's it's a, an extension of the media market. And so by mm -hmm. default, it is a little bit, uh, could be a little treacherous. It can definitely be deceptive. It can definitely be not all that it seems. And that's, you know, that's how it is. And so when you kind of realize that you can start to make uh, maybe different, you know, decisions, better judgment, whatever. But I think a lot of people feel just really, it's scary, right? It's hard to keep going through these revelations, right? These exposures where everybody uh, thinks finally this somebody gets it and it's like, whoosh, the rug gets pulled out from you and it's like, ha, 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 ha. No, it's actually like another, you know, Scooby-Doo villain, right? Like it just keeps like kind of going and going. And I think some people get just really tired and I don't want people to feel that way because I think there is more to fight for than um just sort of what you've been served like i don't know a lot of the things that you, people have been manipulated to care about don't even really matter that much and there's a lot of things that do mm -hmm. matter that uh you can pay attention to that you actually could do something about and so 2024 i feel like i i don't know i said this to my barber this is so crazy but eddie i said this to my barber i mean my base black barber shout out i, don't, I shouldn't dox my barber so i won't say his name but like he uh i'm leaving the shop and uh i was like happy new year yeah before i left town mm -hmm. i was like in 2024 i was like god's rewarding his best soldiers and i was like <laughs> happy and they all started like whooping they were like so happy i, I said it better than that but i i sermonized for just a brief moment they loved it and i mean it um why do we fight? Why do we fight? No matter what, it's like for for justice because at some point justice is served, and you have to kind of think about justice in ways that go beyond even our lifetimes. It's it's about justice of the future. It's a cosmic struggle. Honestly, there's something beyond ourselves that we can fight for. And even though, and when you start to fight for that, Daddy, I feel like you start to feel the dividends better because it's like you, the political landscape's hard to affect. It's hard to affect change there. You can care about it, but when you take the struggle to the next level and make it more of a spiritual battle, uh, now you're in it for something different and you can actually, you can get dividends. You can feel like you're a, a soldier. These political battles are just being fought by a lot of sniveling people. A lot of like strivers. There's a lot of just like really treacherous people in the world around us online, especially in the media landscape, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's like it's slimy, right? And I just feel like I I've started calling them ankle fighters because I think ankle biters is the funniest word. So these ankle biters are just like you need to realize that's what they are. They're ankle biters. They're just kick them. Whatever. They're at your they're at your ankles. Just kick them. Chihuahua, etc. Don't don't hurt them. Don't I'm not advocating animal violence, but swat away these ankle biters, please. And you know, they're beneath us. And we have bigger struggles to to achieve. And uh and when we do it and we do it with that intention and do it together, you know beautiful things can happen and there's also vibe ships coming there's vibe ships coming i guess as well i think i said vibe ships twice but you know what i'm saying anyway in closing etc cetera, etc cetera, daddy happy 2024 that was my message to you i guess and our our beloved remote viewers um what's what's in your forecast for 2024 what did you come to tell our, our listeners today okay so first of all i want to preface this well first of all thank you very much awesome preface this with I think and I always tell people because sometimes people send me messages and I feel I don't I feel bad because I I do try to convey ultimately the message that there is always hope like you have to just keep putting one foot in front of the other that it is important to maintain perspective if you're feeling completely overwhelmed that just, it doesn't have to be like internet it could be a relationship in your life it could be 
um, some drama you're involved with with your family or town, but that you do always, you need to give yourself space and that's fine. If you need to step away from any community for a while, like that's, that's fine. And you should do that because at the end of the day, like you're responsible for yourself and your emotions and you're not responsible for everyone else and their emotions. So I tell people like, I really, I try not to be like an anti-hope person or I really don't think I try to come across like that. And I think sometimes people think I am or do and they send me these messages like, well, should I just give up? Like, da, da, da. And I'm like, no, like there's always hope. But I think, you know, there's a balance where I think it, it is beneficial to be aware of reality and to have like a good understanding of what's occurring. Because that's going to give you the strength when things go off message like for you like you need some level on which you're grounded and you can perceive and see like the reality that's happening which will allow you to take a better understanding of the things that are happening but also if it's becoming completely detrimental to your own like well-being and mental health like it is fine to have a certain level of distance from any it could be a societal situation an individual situation a community situation but it's important to get yourself like on steady footing. Like how it gets so cliche, but it is true. Like if you can't help yourself, like how you can help others, you do need to get yourself in a good place and do what you need to do to do that. And then once you're feeling empowered, then you can start trying to project that outwards and do help others or to find something specific. Another big thing, which I think is a great, if someone's looking for a way to feel more grounded in 2024 or to feel like what they're doing, you know, quote unquote, actually matters is to find like a local community level cause or something you can do that you can help with, that you can participate in, where you can have like immediate tangible benefits. I think that's like immensely useful to anyone. And it also, I think, helps. It helps because, of course, it is so easy to feel hopeless if you just like put yourself in this morass of like international politics or even like national politics. But if you are able to directly affect your community or those around you, I think that's what helps. And then I think it's also good because the more empowered you feel by that, like then you're going to be able to stand up to all of this noise that's on a larger scale. So it doesn't have to be any particular religion. If there is a faith you feel some connection to for whatever I would see if you could start to become a little bit more involved or if there's like a park that you absolutely Mm -hmm. love because you take your dog there or you go and walk there. Usually the parks have like a volunteer group. There's people who clean it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the park has a board. So it can be like a very small local thing. I think that's like a great way to kind of fight these feelings of like powerlessness or just feeling overwhelmed. And then There's also working on yourself. You don't even, in a way, like it is not selfish to, if you don't even have the ability or energy to do something for your community, you could do something for yourself. And that's like, okay, and good, because if you're on like a steady grounding, then that means you have more independence. So if you need something you're struggling with and you know like there's maybe a habit or compulsion you should cut down on, if there is a personal like project you want to do or something you want to work towards. I'm like, I always try to tell people like, please, if you're feeling like completely overwhelmed, like 
do not get yourself completely wrapped up in things that are going to happen regardless of our thoughts and opinions. Like, how many times have we seen a poll where it's like, you know, population, 70% of people agree this, and it's not even a political platform of one of our two major parties. Like, it's, it's fine. Like, you're not necessarily going to be able to topple the world, but there are, like, plenty of local, tangible things you can do, and there are things you can do for yourself that will help set you up, and then you can put some of that energy towards, like, a larger or grander goal or something that maybe you know is a very difficult long fight, but if you give yourself, like, smaller steps to take on the way I think that's like a major thing that helps kind of fight this feeling of like helplessness and being alone because of course like also people need to realize it's they're not imagining that there are forces that want them to feel alone or powerless because then they're so it's so much easier if everyone says everyone feels helpless or hopeless and everyone feels like completely disconnected then it's pretty easy to like force that group of people to go with your will but if people feel empowered and they feel an important part of their community or an important part of a faith group or mm. even if they just mm-hmm. feel like this mm-hmm. year I really mm-hmm. came through for my family that's what helps build up like individual strength which makes it harder to manipulate people or to so like just total despair so that's not to get like too preachy about it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's really important to take the steps that you can and like to not feel bad. Like there is no step that is too small if it's still some step, some sort of momentum. Whether it's this year I am going to work out even two times a week or I'm going to go once a week to this concert at my library or I want to volunteer for this local campaign. Like, it can be as small or as big as you want, but I think as long as you're doing something, like that's what actually matters. Mm. And I always tell people that. And I think that also will help in the larger fights because it is true. There are huge things occurring, but at the same time, perspective-wise, you need to accept like things are going to happen, but also life does tend to pretty much always go on. I always tell people, like, I was like, I'm not very much a doomer in the sense that life goes on. I just think things might be different or a set of rules that had once existed before or a set of privileges like certain group had. Like Those things change, but it doesn't mean like life and society just ends. It pretty much always goes on. Mm. If Europe could come through the Black Plague, if we could go through all of these major wars, like life does continue on. So I do think it's important to have that perspective. And then I'm like, it's true. Also, it is kind of depressing and relating to some of the wars going on now. Like I tell people, I'm like, it's probably for the same reason that like Russia and Ukraine. And I've said the whole time and I've had much pobrium over it is Russia is probably going to like survive this. And I, I think it's not a endorsement of any conflict or of a person or even an endorsement of it's just reality is how much power does this country have? What are their resources? What kind of nuclear power do they have? I mean, honestly, for that same reason, like I see people saying this is the end of the state of Israel and I'm like, unfortunate, like I, I don't think it is because they're, 
first of all, and I do think that this is where it's not just the state of Israel, and it's also not just the United States. I mean, there has been almost radio silence from the Gulf Arab states. Mm. And I don't see, you know, a group of them coming out with major condemnation, major blockades. There's the Houthis in Yemen and Iran, but obviously we need, and I do agree, it's not fair that just Israel, Israel knows, and they are taking a lot of slack right now because they know they can call this favor later, but Mm. what's going on in the region, and I'm like, there are a lot of people who are okay with what's happening. And very clearly, there's a lot of groups who have made some calculations about the oil trade, about the state of balance with Iran, about the region, about their own control over their own populations in their countries. And it's pretty clear that there are groups who are either openly or implicitly allowing this to happen for various reasons. And for the exact same reasons that I've thought, you know, Russia is actually not in this incredibly weak position that people are claiming they're in. I think Israel is not in as weak of a position as people are claiming. If you look at what's happened to Azerbaijan and Armenia, like the news started out very heavy coverage. So we said never again, like how could this whole mass population just happen? But it did. And now, I mean, a lot of people forgot that even happened. Not that it's okay and not that they should forget, but just at a certain point, you do kind of have to start like looking at the reality of the situation. And I do think there is a confusion now where people think, oh, well, anything that happens in a democracy is like the will of the general population. But I I really don't think that's true. And I don't think at this point, a lot of the democracies are even a representative of a slight majority of the will of the population. It's been made pretty clear, especially as campaign funding has and dark money has grown ever larger, that if there is one person, one vote ostensibly, but when you have these corporations that can command hundreds of millions in donations to a candidate for these elections that are now billion-dollar elections, I mean, it's if one corporation can buy 20 million votes, you know, what is one person going to really, you know, it's a very, to me, I think we're already past anything resembling some kind of popular democracy or public. And we've pretty much gone fully into like a world of corporate oligarchies and intelligence agencies. Mm. And that's why I think a lot of people are, when we speak, and this is purposely designed. I noticed the language of these conflicts, which we saw, I think, especially for like a certain group of like, I guess what would be like millennial and what generation Y, but seeing what happened with, not just Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan in the 2000s and all of that, but then in Obama years and all of these color revolutions. I mean, a lot of people really quickly understood, oh, like these are clearly a chain of quote-unquote organic natural revolutions that also managed to perfectly align with a set of overarching political and ideological goals and realignments that benefit these certain, not just countries, but also these certain corporations. 
And I think it's hard to kind of to make some, at least some people, like, pretty aware. Like, none of this really has to do with the global community or some kind of, you know, consensus and the liberal world order. It's pretty much about power and keeping what 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 were many former colonies like still on that colonial track but under the like it was almost like it was just repainted over like in a really sick way it's oh I mean even just look at I mean well the really fame I mean Gaddafi Mm. it was very clear Libya I mean what Mm. Italy did was horrible and Gaddafi was a direct product of that and then you know people pretend that when the British were supplying him the weapons that they he was a major purchaser of all these weapons he was a major campaign had major campaign donations to many of these European politicians and it just became so evident to so many people that this is about like dark money and electioneering and these massive conglomerates having their will over really any kind of ostensibly democratic consensus among like-minded liberal people. So I think that it's really important because I see people get like so frustrated when they think, oh, if everyone just did this, I'm like, even if you got a huge like popular upswelling for the specific thing, like you have to think, I mean, how many times is there something that's wildly popular that can't even get passed? I mean, our country can't even agree on, like, a a budget. We can't even agree Mm -hmm. on moderately following a budget. Like, I don't think the will of the people has the same effect you do. And especially when we start getting into these kind of bizarre and, like, baroque types of protesting. I mean, it's confusing to me why people think, oh, if you thought people on their like way to work or on the way to pick up their kids then that's allowed because we're all implicit i mean every person you know from from pretty much i mean most people i know from most political backgrounds like they don't they know the defense contractors are just they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. i mean who actually likes their health insurance everyone it's a big Mm -hmm. joke we're all getting scammed nobody actually likes it and I'm like, when so many people constantly have these things that just make their life worse and lower everyone's quality of life, but then you're told, oh, well, it's not that bad, or oh, you're imagining it, or oh, just change it. I mean, it's really just, that's what gets me, is like the constant gaslighting of the mm-hmm. general population. And I'm like, you know, it's actually incredible how tolerant people are. People mm-hmm. are intolerant. People are incredibly tolerant. I mean, they're getting scoot over all day every day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how much of their I mean I know people between the groceries rent mortgage health insurance like that's all their money and it's all going to these middlemen I'm like they're so patient mm-hmm. I mean if people mm-hmm. were as horrible as it said there'd be like mass chaos all the time people mm-hmm. are wildly tolerant of this so I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know if that's hopeful or unhopeful <laughs> statement you're listening to daddy on wpwol am it was a meditation
I encourage people always actually to go back and listen. When when Debbie speaks, it's a meditation. It is a whole, it's a whole download. I couldn't even begin. I, I have some thoughts, of course, but like people should go back and listen. I always listen back. I get to listen back, obviously, because I have to like construct the show, you know, but like I listen oh, back no. again because no, I, it, because it's rich. Debbie, that was, that was incredibly, uh, richly layered, I'll say. So it was hopeful or not hopeful. That was a question you asked. I think it was, uh, it was realistic. I think that's where, uh, I think that's why people come for you, quote unquote, you know, or even me, uh, even though I'm notoriously delusional, I also am kind of like a realist, right? And I think you're a kind of realist too. So you have hope, but you also have to be kind of, you know, to your point, grounded, right? You can't be completely like Pollyanna about it because that would be unproductive and not, not right. I think there is a message of hope though, ultimately from what you said, because like, well, first of all, yeah, people, people do persist. You know, I, I don't brag about it, but I'm a garbologist. It's an ancient order of trash men, you know, that was from before Atlantis, right? They persisted. The garbologists persisted for, uh, through the, you know, the, the tumult of the great flood or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. You know, uh, many other, many other fake groups kind of claim the same thing, but mine, mine's real. And you know, that, that happened, right? So Noah in the Bible, we can even say survives, right? Even the most greatest cataclysm, Noah persists, right? Somebody does persist. Mm -hmm. And there's been, to your point, wars, there's been things where like people, people, there's exceptions. Okay. There's exceptions. Uh, and people just aren't affected sometimes, by the way, like that, it's something you can actually aim for and hope for, and it can happen to you. I encourage people to go back and listen to my uh, episode with Tony in the Unsilencing series. He's a an AIDS um, eyewitness, I guess we can call him. He's a survivor. And his stories are remarkable and prove to you that you can be the exception time and time again, like with the right mindset, with the right mindset. And so I think mm -hmm. everything you said is completely salient. It is, it is, it's hard though, right? And you offered some great tips, I think, on how you can do different things. And you're, you're right, it doesn't have to be, first of all, thank you for kind of debunking a lot of your, and my maybe even criticisms of, uh, that we receive, which is like a doom pilling. I, I think that's something that people will try to use, be like, oh, or, or unproductive. And you're offering very, very productive solutions. I think the parking is a great thing because that is something I've been kind of meaning to do because I have many great parks in, in my city and I do see those, <laughs> those people cleaning while I'm enjoying them. And it's like a volunteer thing. <laughs> Maybe I should be a part of something like that, right? Uh, <laughs> or I could say, and you, to your point, if you don't have the energy or capacity to go do something, like do, make something, like make things, you know, do things mm -hmm. at home, like practical things, not practical things, like whatever. When you... When you do something regularly, it's it's good. I think it's establishing like a rhythm in your life is really a good thing that you can mm -hmm. try to aim for. Um, and I guess you're right. There's this tension. You're hitting around something I think about, which is like we have a disconnected. We live in an irrational moment, right? It's like really irrational. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of gaslighting to your point. Everything's <laughs> and we can see like that's the thing. I think a lot of people are waking up to is so much stuff is like really, really like fake like really astroturfed or manipulated in various ways and it's like that's frustrating and it's frustrating when you you realize you can see it and you realize other people can see it but it's just persisting anyway you know and it feels like a machine and there isn't it isn't this machine's interest to keep you like feeling helpless right like that's like obviously going to benefit exactly, them which yep. you, you can't not give up and i think mm -hmm. that's why you need that's why you find a way finding a way to make it a spiritual struggle or spiritual battle beyond a political battle whatever that means i mean that's so many things so just like not find something more meaningful something deeper try to find something you know because mm -hmm. i think when people do do that 
honestly, when people put spirituality before before political things, they tend to find right with the same common values, regardless of where they are on this, like kind of these different boxes you can end up right with, like religions or spiritualities, whatever, right? They tend to kind of align anyway. We saw that during COVID. We saw like Orthodox Jews teaming up with probably Scientologists, I mean, I guess, <laughs> involved in this, uh, and like anti-vaxxers, you know, there was coalitions. I, I saw people like uh, from different ethnic communities. I feel like uh, Muslim communities in Michigan, and I saw Sikh communities, I believe, uh, in like Canada. People came across different lines, uh, and then politically too, right? Because political is downstream of the spiritual battle. So when that happens, it also builds these kind of the will to be able to do things. And there was there was organic will. There was things that were defeated because COVID could have gotten a lot worse. It could have been a much worse outcome, I think, for all of us in terms of the infrastructure that they are using uh, that pandemic, we'll call it, to implement right there. There's a lot of things I think they could have gone farther with in terms of like uh, surveillance and, and, and control and vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like they were able to get away with it because because and the thing I noticed with a lot of the doctors in COVID is that many of them were believers of some sort. A lot of them are Christians, but not necessarily exclusively Christians, but a big common denominator. I noticed with a lot of the dissident doctors, I think there was clearly like a, a spiritual component. I think that's really interesting to me. And so I think when people start to put that First of all, it can't have the ability to change things politically because that's really where it could ever come from. To your point, you can't stop this machine politically. It's a, it's an octolectic, as I like to call it. It's like the politics are within it. The politics are embedded inside mm -hmm. of this dialectic, which is embedded inside something else. And so you can't It's really like they say with the economy, priced in. Like it's already priced mm -hmm. in. It's <laughs> priced in. you come up with, it's already priced in. Every ism you can come up with is already priced yeah. in. They've already got a line item for yep. it. And you are they are mm -hmm. making money off your birth certificate at the Vatican. I don't know why I was to say that, mm -hmm. I'm so ridiculous. But like the point being, like you're a number, you're a number, and they've named out a whole grid of, of outcomes, and it all is very financially beneficial to not you. And that's bullshit, right? But I think people are aware of that. And where it can change is, first, yeah, of course, at the local level, but really on a, a spiritual level, or you could say like a kind of just a, a foundational level of just like basic compassion and humanity. When you put things forward, you look for things deeper. Uh, and it's interesting because there's a lot of people who are very religious online, but they put politics ahead of their religion. And so you can see how they use their religion. So these, you know, people who became Catholic 18 months ago, et cetera, not, not you, Daddy, because you don't get a sense. You get a sense of your devotion i would say through your presence online but I, you're not some person like trying to weaponize it you don't really talk about it in any kind of um political way and i think a lot mm -hmm. of people do and i think it's kind of dirty to be honest it's disgusting to me to to weaponize your faith you know because also right. political parties and these political positions like they're just inventions they're human inventions mm -hmm. and relatively recent inventions and that's like the thing i've struggled with I just don't understand or like any of these like political movements. I'm like, you understand this is just like even Bolshevism, Marxism, like these mm. are just invented by some guy who wrote a book. Like it's not mm. a, mm. like a, it hasn't been here since time immemorial. Like you can think it was, but it, like it's not like these are all things invented. The political parties shift all the time. Like in people's mm. lifetimes, the alignment shifts. In my grandma's lifetime, it shifted like three, four mm. times. I'm like, mm. these aren't immovable things. They they shift all the time. So that's why I think it's very dangerous for individuals to one like form some belief around everyone who's not this is literally evil, and everyone who is this is like 
great and good. I'm like, guys, like these are all completely made up. <laughs> like they're made up. There's nothing that mm-hmm. says like, oh, there. And then there were Republicans and Democrats, and then God rested. Like, no, like these are made up, and there's no reason to. <laughs> like, I don't think it's healthy. Like, any in any way, I'm like, it's not. And a lot of like the debates we have, and then recently like NIMBYism versus YIMBYism. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> I hate about? That like, so much. Made up. <laughs> I found the original. I was so annoyed the other day. I went and I found the original like journal article. And, like, literally half of the arguments are, like, oh, like, NIMBYism is literally, and YIMBYism, like, oh, this is just made up by developers to, like, force mm-hmm. people to build mm-hmm. things. I'm, like, yeah, thank you. I'm, like, this is all just made up. Like, these are just words. And that's why I always encourage people, like, if you feel a spiritual pull, like, to something, like, please explore that because this is all just very temporal stuff. It changes all the time and it's just made up like you don't have to live your life by made up designations like it's not real it's exactly. real it affects it is things, real. Yes. but it's not real like it's real but it's not real it is and that's like, what half this... of the time i'm like why are we having this argument like it's not it's, even exactly 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 <laughs> because sense. you have a sense of discernment daddy because you have a sense of discernment from being a spiritually aware person i think you kind of know when to pick your battles right because like every single thing that comes floating around shit stream on twitter is not necessarily worth like throwing your entire weight of your religion for example behind or even anything else right like there's certain things that are just obviously some things are fun right some things are fun to just like whatever let's quibble over okay fine and there's some things uh where you can choose like should be like oh i don't think i'm gonna engage in this because this feels like obvious manipulation right even really big things even really big things like i just said to you before a lot of the stuff we see in the middle east right like it feels mm-hmm. overly manipulative and earlier you said Something really mm-hmm. I think astute about Israel being uh, not um, probably not really losing much politically or in terms of power, right? In terms of the power structure, uh, why people think that is because they've lost like PR points. So they're not going to be popular mm-hmm. for a while. But in this like octalectic, that's just that's like surface. To your point, that's all surface, uh, and it's about trying to identify what's at the root, what's really going on. And a lot of the stuff that you start to see starts to dispel itself once you're able to kind of like kind of penetrate that with your own kind of intuition and your gut, just being able to have a strong sense of values and uh and awareness, it, it starts to become clear and clear like what is uh what is like up and what is what is down. You eventually maybe I've been down so long it just looks like up to me. That's a that's a, an argument too. But you know, I guess maybe I it took I guess with wrap this rant up. It's just like uh inside of an, an octoleptic, it's like a giant mall. It's like a giant mall and there's all these little stores and there's all these yimbyism and communism and a, a million things that transgenderism, you could say LGBT, uh Democrat, Republican, there's a million stores and they all want your money. They all want your money and it doesn't matter. <laughs> to the owners of the mall, which stores you shop in because their rent is getting paid, you know? And so there's a lot more at play. Like, look beyond kind of these surface distractions and you will, uh, it becomes simpler, honestly. It becomes a lot simpler for you and it becomes a lot less stressful when it's simpler. It's, it's the stakes are high. The stakes are still scary. But, and to your earlier point, again, just to remind you, your grandma lived through a lot of change, but your grandma is here, right? And there's people even in Europe, there's unfortunately people who did, you know, go perish. That, that happens. It's horrific. It's also all true that people didn't there's some people daddy who the war caused them to have to go to the countryside in england and they found a magical wardrobe and they found a magical land inside you know there's different outcomes for everybody and so don't worry about it just find like you, you if you don't worry about it you'll be more likely i think to you know find that and if you get bombed you get bombed you know like hopefully it's quick 
<laughs> Another thing I want people to read, I to like assert on this today, but there is a book. If you don't read anything or take anything, this one book, please. It's literally titled, it's, the title's just Propaganda. 1928 is the publication date by Edward Bernays, who's the literal father of modern public relations. And it's a very well-written book, and it's just all written out. And every argument, people said, oh, you're making this up. No, just read the book. You can read it right mm-hmm. there and see. And it so clearly illustrates so many things that occur now. And I have a million other books. But if you're just just one, just go get Edward Bernays' Propaganda. You can find it online, too. Just mm-hmm. look up Edward Bernays' Propaganda, 1928. This was on Goebbels' bookshelf. It was on everyone's bookshelf because it basically perfectly outlined the the 20th century and what would occur. And he completely understood where this was going and he wrote about it. So I always tell people mm-hmm. that's one of those what I call like anti-insanity books because it's just all written out. And then you can have some level of shield against people who will try and tell you, no, 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 like you're just imagining that or you think that because no and I always like it's I don't like this but I've basically especially as I've gotten older I've found if I follow the rubric of okay like anytime someone comes out you at you with some like large emotional argument or like a and this is the thing it's so hard like a humanitarian argument is you have to think like how are they benefiting what's the financial angle because pretty much I've discovered almost everything underneath the surface. There is a financial angle. Um, this is also really applicable to the whole climate. Thing. I, some of the most outspoken climate activists I know have multiple very large houses, have multiple cars. They're not mm-hmm. planning on cutting down any of that. And at the end of the day, a lot of things are just sabotage. And that's why people don't want you to start questioning because mm. once people realize how often they are sabotaged I think they would start to get really mm. angry because mm-hmm. I personally have had to like calm down once I because I really I have been sabotaged so many times this can be little it's like the lawyers who tell people oh never be a lawyer I hate it I hate my life but would they give up their money their prestige no no of course not would they give up mm. that vacation cottage no so you need to I would tell people like this is the thing that people say, oh, you're being cynical. But the thing is, you can always, you're always allowed to have a question. When someone is trying to push you, you're allowed to also ask, why are you trying to push me in either that direction or away from that thing or towards that thing? That's actually self-protection. So you should always be aware when someone is trying to guide you, like think, oh, like, or ask them. You could ask them, like, oh, why do you say that? Or when someone tells you, oh, never have my job. It's horrible. Say, well, what do you like? Why do you say? Or do you have a friend who enjoys it? Can I speak to them? Just, these are, like, little, and again, like, this is back to, these are little things you can do that will help, like, fortify you and make you feel more in control, which will, like, actually make you more powerful and become harder to be pushed around and swayed. And I think it's very good for your mental health to do that. So that's like another technique I always recommend to people, which can help you not feel so just like a like a little dandelion in the green.
your note is dandelion in the wind. And I feel like we, okay, first of all, we should we should wrap it up soon because I'm in a, literally in a closet. Like, oh my God, I'm always back in the closet. Uh, but I've, we've delivered sermons. We've delivered meditations. We've delivered, I think, tips. Uh, we've done a lot. This is a great radio station again this is, you're listening to w pool and the on the pool house network you know uh eventually i'll have to go back to k pool which you know i'm from san jose there's actually a station called k pool it's like a famous independent station oh, kpoo it's but it's actually like it's actually pretty it was awesome it's awesome as a shout out k pool i think they're still on the i think they're still on the air they were like truly an independent uh community community radio there's something else you could do honestly if i honestly if i hadn't gotten a little bit of trouble with the radio station at a certain local college i could have been doing that instead of this let's just put it that way okay maybe not, not everything works out the way you plan and you just you pick up speaking of sabotage we're like it's daddy's calling in across the, this great state of new york thanks to governor hochel no doubt and probably various five eyes representatives who knows right but we may do and i just i recorded an album at the top of the episode so like we didn't waste a single moment right you make the best make the try to make the best of your situations i think that's another final thing i would say of this is like uh, count your blessings when you start to try to like orient yourself towards that it's uh, it's not always easy it's like not it's not gonna be perfect every day but you know like when you start to change your mentality and try to focus more on that uh things do just it, things become easier and then and clearer mm -hmm. and i think that's um that he's given so much great advice tonight and again i really got back to episodes like 14 21 28 there's there's another one in the 30 something oh i just got the file that i can release our our live space as well maybe i'll, I'll tie that in uh with this release because i feel like this is like an emergency episode i almost feel like i need to like rush this out as soon as possible because people do need to hear these things got plenty of content daddies that we should you should go back and listen it's really good we have great episodes i think i've like... never listened i can never i've never listened oh, to daddy. i've ever oh, daddy. been on not just like, everyone i can't it's I can't fair to yeah you have to get over it because you actually it's good it, that's a challenge i'll give to you i think in 2024 we need to listen to at least no. one of Wait, your episodes no. here comes the backlash i'll pick which one for you I, there's there's so many good ones though and once you get over it, it's like a band-aid once you get into it because trust trust me not a fan not a fan at first either of listening to myself back i will say uh you just have to kind of it's a band-aid kind of situation it's like getting into a cold pool or like but then a, what you know. do i gain from it if you rip uh, off the bandaid, I, I feel like you actually I get in, anything. I think I disagree. I think you gain insight into your own self. That you, it's removing a blind spot, truly, that you don't uh, normally are not be exposed to because you don't really you're not aware of yourself right in a moment. Uh, it is a little bit hard and awkward, but you have to also realize you've been yourself in a moment your whole life, and people have not like killed you out of shame and it's like let me put you out of your misery your voice is awful let me strangle you this doesn't happen right and so once you get past the kind of the like uh awkwardness of it it does take time it's not it took me time burroughs talks a lot about you know that guy william burroughs he talks a lot about like uh tape therapy you know and like feedback and there is something to like the feedback element i guess of it there's a potential for some people i think to get lost in the feedback you know where you can become sort of narcissistically obsessed so i think it's healthy to have a certain level of critique <laughs> of yourself but i i know i think I, that's my challenge today that's my my new year's resolution for you that backlash is a signing mm -hmm. i think you should listen to one episode and you'll i think you'll you'll benefit from it um but before we go do you have any predictions for 2024 i, I thought uh, doing we have to be too dark excited, I guess, because we've given a lot of realism. But yeah, if you have some, like, yeah, any all any place, I guess I shouldn't. Well, I, what I'm waiting to see is the bank term funding program expires soon. So I'm curious 
to see what happens when that expires, if they actually let it expire, and if we if it's revealed to us who all of these banks were that were using the emergency facility. Um, the other thing that I'm waiting to see, which is going to be a little while, but in December 2024, the pump or pay contracts Russia has with Ukraine end, and they're probably not going to be resigned based on how things are going. So that will be interesting. I feel like they have to wrap up the war before then, because once those pump or pay contracts expire, then there's not really any incentive for either of them to continue cooperating because like that's the big secret thing of this war is the the gas is still going through the pipelines so Hmm. when they don't have a contract anymore then i think that will change things so i'm very curious to see how this plays out but i don't know we should probably i should this stuff is maybe more like for another time. Like perhaps, perhaps. No, that was that was yeah. really. It's funny that this uh, this uh, I don't want to call it contract expire right after the U.S. election. That's so mm-hmm. so very convenient. Or hopefully the U.S. election. Let me just put it that way. Good grief. Uh, and I think there's interesting stuff going on with the the WHO treaty that feels. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna, I don't. I think they're going to end up pulling back a lot of it. I think they actually already have a little bit, but. It's, to the aims of a spiritual rebellion that's some place people can direct their energy uh even just with like yeah awareness awareness is a spiritual uh activity the more people are aware of something the more they have to pull back because it <laughs> like it, you sometimes don't even have to do something but make enough people aware of it truly like it i know it, there are situations financially where like with you know u.s polls say 70 percent to your point earlier that uh, people don't want something but uh a lot of times with some of these more drastic measures i think the more light that it's on them it, uh you know the, the more difficult it is to, to successfully pull off um so that's very interesting things do you have any like fun wait do you have any fun prediction study or do you have like a, um anything uh, the, like, where the f1 like fashion trends uh what you're hearing as an uh as a at stars hollow at the at the luke's cafe any kind of buzz like what is going what is going not, not that emily gilmore actually would ever set foot she hates um, luke steiner <laughs> i think max Verstappen will be four-time world champion oh, should i switch back to team max I keep going back and forth. Um, Is that bad? Are you supposed you're supposed to pick one, no, right? No, I jump around all the time. Like I root for well, I I want to see good racing, so I root for Charles and Max interchangeably, and then if Alonso's having like a good week, I'll root for him. I just I want to watch good racing. Like I'm I don't care who it's between. I want to watch good racing, and drivers who like don't whine and just drive. Like that's my personal driver preference. And my grandma, of course, she's always Leclerc, so like I always have to keep track of him because she's always asking, like, what's Charles doing? I love that she's right um, Charles. That's so fucking funny. And then positive <laughs> predictions. I'm doing a terrible job of positive no, so, That was actually perfect. I'm, I'm going to, you know what? No, I want to manifest. I think that the election will be fine and we'll all be fine. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be, I'm going to positively manifest that it's not going to be that crazy. Four more years of Biden. So America will survive. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, you're right. America will survive. I think, yeah, it's, you know, the election is the election. And maybe we'll have a recession, but we'll survive. I feel, yeah. I, just, no, I, I feel like they'll, they'll print more money again if 
I don't know. After after last spring and the bank failures and they just bailed everyone out, I was like, oh, never mind. I pretty much just gave up after that. I'm like, they're just going to print money forever until they can't anymore. Wait, when is our deadline? Like, when's the official record broken for the kind of, um, uh, oh my God, it's Ray Dalio era. Oh, like um, Ray like, Dalio and stuff. Yeah, Ray Dalio era. Uh, what, what, what's, yeah, what year are we counting so down towards? Like, so, like, around 2030, if the U.S. Okay. dollar is still the reserve currency, that would, like, be the, the record length of time. Because okay. it would be, like, 110 okay. years plus. Like, it's never really lasted longer than 110 years. And then the, that also mm. coincides with, like, the empire cycle of, like, 250 years. Because, like, mm. obviously 1976. So, like, it's kind of like those two things kind of start mm. to converge. So that's why everyone is. I mean, everyone, even like World Economic Forum is like, by 2030, we'll be mm-hmm. multipolar. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's not really even a conspiracy. They all just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's a prediction this year. I, I think the the central bank digital currencies, because they pretty much already have them like all mm-hmm. tested. Like, I think they're just going to roll them out. They're just going to be like, okay. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, yeah, we said it was crazy, but we're just doing it. So, deal. Yeah. I think there's going to be like major central bank digital currency movement this year. I think so. You've seen them shut down crypto, time. right? Do you see that? They're, I feel like that's part of this. I mean, they're going to keep. I feel like there's going to be like the crypto infrastructure because well, like, they need it. They've always used it. Mm-hmm. I think like obviously some of the more like peripheral stuff is going to be just left to the side i'm sure things like bitcoin i used to be i'm actually much more like bullish on bitcoin than i was before because it just seems like useful to keep it intact to a degree so i feel like it'll plateau but they're gonna keep it and then i think a lot of like the meme things you know that's just that was temporary i don't know it's just tricky it's if they keep printing money they'll keep fueling it i mean that's the thing is they pretty much shown they're gonna print but which by that i mean quantitative easing like the central Mm -hmm. bank Mm -hmm aren't they're still they're still printing money like quantitative easing is still out of control so i that just fuels i mean you can technically fuel everything it's until the actual fuel runs out that you get into trouble so we'll see i I, I love the predictions i think they're deadly accurate 2030 that's just the world record which means USA, we are number one, baby. We will probably stretch it a little bit past that record, I think. So uh, we 10 more years of treats discourse is what I guess I'm predicting no, in that case. No. Good Lord, good Lord. No, because no. no, because we're gonna fight back because those people look foolish now. People, there's a lot of people who may say and still try to say the economy. Honestly, there's a lot of people who still try to say that this is this uh, booming, that it's the grace of all American economies, whatever. Uh, those people look foolish to most Americans and to most people. And I think the more that people just uh, aren't afraid to kind of uh, maybe like live that in some way, even if it's hard to say online or whatever to other people, the more you can embody that uh, dispirited you know, traditional disaffected American attitude. We are a rambunctious, uh, rebellious people, and it's it's okay mm-hmm. to just be like, "Fuck that!" You're allowed to say that, and so uh, that's kind of like the energy I think people should bring in. It won't be easy. It will be, uh, you know, just more merry that we can make, <laughs> and the more people that you can kind of get joined in on that kind of fun. And Jerry more is like fun and more of a yeah, less of a political emotional war, more of a spiritual uh, like fun game almost in a sense, you know, because we all know God wins time and so that's uh, my closing 2024 prediction
Daddy, we, this has been so awesome. Uh, we, we can never be stopped. They cannot stop us. We are unbeatable. I'm so glad we were able to connect on our AM radio program this evening. This is fantastic. Um, where, what, where can people find you, I guess? Uh, what, what's, what's the, the at? Um, Odette. Oh, what is it? Oh, my goodness. I don't even know. It's Odette zero, with a zero. T-P-E, Daddy on Twitter. That's that's all. I Don't find she... me anywhere else. Maybe at the community. Yeah, she's she's no, she's. Guys, I think I'm right. I think she is secretly her grandma. But I mean, we'll we'll get to the bottom of that another time. I'm gonna go full cool Poirot on this one. I think at some point, um, <laughs> Daddy. No, this is always a pleasure. Right? It really it means a lot. I have so much fun talking to you. Um, you are you know you are an inspiration to me. You're an inspiration to our listeners, and it just um, the conversations that we get to have together are very special to me. And I know they are special to our audience as well. And it's it's silly to even have to give your ad at this point. Everyone everyone knows where to find Daddy. Um, thank you, Daddy, for your contributions, your time this evening. I always love to do a little put put on the spot. Do you have any closing words for the listeners? Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. This was... Did I send this to you? So, if you've never read the story of Baldwin the Fourth, <laughs> go read Baldwin the Fourth. But there's this great meme going around this the picture, and it says... God will steer the boat, but you must row. 